Hey friends, before we get started, I just want to say this is a kind of scary time for most of us. Schools are out, our parents are worried, and nothing seems the same. But don't panic, stay calm, do your schoolwork, and help your parents out as much as possible. As sure as the sunshine, we'll get through this together. And one day, hopefully soon, everything will be back to normal. Now, back to the show. Welcome to All Things Madison, the podcast exclusively for kids, sure to tickle your funny bone while learning something new at the same time. You'll hear from talking bears, laughing unicorns, and farting sloths. <clears throat> Excuse me, announcer lady, but it ain't that kind of show. Are you sure? Um, yes. I'm the producer. That's the thrifty little diva show you're talking about. You know, the other one. Okay then, on that note, here's your host, Madison Lauren, and her dad. <clears throat> oh, right, uh, let's see here. And her super smart, hilariously funny, <laughs> best of best dads, Mr. Durante Smith. Please enjoy the show. Classic, Daddy, classic. What? Did you really just make her say all that? Well, yeah, it's our show. You mean it's my show? It's got my name on it, remember? Besides, you already got a podcast. You mean I can't have two? <laughs> and I'm producing it. Oh, Daddy, can we just start the show? Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to All Things Madison, the podcast where kids can be kids. Madison, welcome to your own show. Are you excited? Well, thank you, Daddy. Yes, I'm super excited. And why are you so excited, Madison? I'm really excited because I get to do what no other kids get to do. And that's interview people behind the scenes. You know, the good stuff. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling me... You get to go behind the scenes and check out the stuff that none of us get to see? Is that it? Yeah, that's exactly it, Daddy. And it's going to be really cool, really fun, and we got a lot of stuff for the show. We'll return in just a moment, right after we thank our sponsors. Hey, Daddy. Maybe we should tell my friends about Sleepy Steve. That's a good idea. Okay, how about I tell them what it's about, and you tell them where they can find it. Yeah, that sounds cool. Okay, get this, guys. Sleepy Steve is about Steve Jackson. He moves to a new area, goes to a new school, and he has to make new friends. The thing about Steve that makes him so interesting is that he has a sleeping condition known as narcolepsy. Now, what that means is it makes him fall asleep, but it's at all the wrong times and the worst times possible. If there's a wrong time to fall asleep, he does it. The other thing is in his dreams, he has these really wild and fantastic dreams. His mind goes everywhere. It's absolutely bananas. And with these friends, he leaves them in a pickle every single time. Trust me, if you like funny books, this book is <laughs> hilarious. I tell people this. I try to warn them. Be careful. You just might pee in your pants. So get ready for a wild hilarious, funny story that you cannot wait to turn the pages to. Take it over, Madison. 
And you can find Sleepy Steve at www.sleepysteve.com. Or go to Amazon and look up the fantastical adventure of Sleepy Steve. Trust me, it's a great book. I should know. I wrote it. No, you didn't. Well, I helped. No, you didn't. Well, at least the book is about me. It's about a boy. You're not even a boy. Well, what did I do? Nothing. That's the point. What's the point? You did nothing. Get it right. We're just here to tell people about the book. Oh, my bad. Well, let's do this takeover again. No way, Jose. I think they got the point. (laughs) (laughs) So get your copy of my dad's book, Sleepy Steve, today. And now back to the show. Okay, Madison. So we are here to tell your audience about how it was to interview Mr. Dolph at the Center for Puppetry Arts in Atlanta and how the whole experience was. What did you think? How was it? I thought it was really cool because I went, the whole place was to myself and I got to go on stage and we had some pretty neat questions. Oh, yeah. So actually, you were treated like a VIP. Do you know what a VIP is? Yes, it's a very important person. And yes, agreed. And why do you think I say you were treated like a VIP? Tell your audience why that was. I think it is because I had an interview and the interview means only one thing, that I'm special. Yeah, I love it. And you know what, folks? The thing is, uh, Madison went in there like a pro. She sat down. She interviewed Mr. Dolph. Um, There were other people in other departments that came in and sat in on the interview. She actually had a little audience of her own, and it was really great. Uh, Tell them actually what happened after the interview, after you got done with the interview. Well, after the interview, we went to see some puppets. Puppets are big and small and kind of all. So you guys went behind the stage, correct? Yeah. And then when you went behind the stage, did they show you under the platform? Yes. Okay, and then, so they showed you under the platform, and then you got to actually see the real-life puppets that they use in the show. Is that correct? That's really correct. And then they, like, showed something to me. I forgot what it was, but I think it was, like, part of the scene. They showed you part of a scene. That's exactly right. And they also gave me a signed book. That's right. They signed, they autographed your, um, your Pete the Cat book. So everyone wants you to know when the opportunity presents itself, because everything going on with uh, the snare with the virus and containment and stuff like that, you may not be able to get out to go see Pete the Cat right now. I'm not certain if they're going to continue with it or not, which I would tell you to continue to, um, to tune in and uh, check out their website to make sure if it is uh, still playing. And if it is, I will certainly advise it, encourage you to go. Um, but if not, when when the opportunity presents itself, please go check out Pete the Cat. It was a super cool show. Would you agree, Madison? I really agree. Awesome. So with that, Madison, I want you to introduce the interview. And here we go. Okay. Here's the interview. I hope you love it, everyone. So today, friends, I'm excited to be here at the Center for Puppetry Arts. And we are here with Mr. Dolph Amick, who is a musician and puppeteer and just overall a great guy. Mr. Dolph, welcome to the show. Thanks, Madison. My dad has been bringing me to the puppet show since I was a toddler. And now that I'm older, 
I'm studying acting at Sewanee Academy of the Arts. Shout out to the home team. So my question is, how do you bring your puppets to life? Uh, there's an arcane ceremony that we perform with. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, usually we do it with our own bodies and voices and all the energy that we can bring. You're allowed to touch any part of the puppet that the audience can't see. So we get as clever as we can with trying to make the puppets look like they're moving around on our own and give them lots of personality with our voices. Oh, do you find that exciting? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's not like a regular job where you're doing the same thing every single day. You're constantly getting to try out new tools and new things and play new characters. So it's a lot of fun. So it's a lot of technique. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, anything that you've learned acting-wise will definitely come in handy if you've ever done mask work or any kind of have any kind of dance training. Any kind of vocal training that you have will probably come in handy. So you get to incorporate all the different things you know and put them into this character. That sounds cool. What's your process? Well, with a puppet, one of the things that you do is that you first you have to figure out what the puppet can and can't do. When you're acting as a human with your own body, you already know what your body can do, and you can try to make that character whatever you want it to be. When you're working with a puppet, you may want the puppet to wave his arm, but maybe that character doesn't have arms. So you got to come up with something else. Or maybe you want him to look mad, but his eyebrows don't work, or something like that. So you have to try to figure out what the puppet can do and what it wants to do, and then you find a way to make your performance happen through that. That sounds awesome. Thank you. With the piece like Pete the Cat, which is based on a popular book. Do you do any research to get into character? Whenever we adapt an existing work, like a book, we always try to keep going back to the original source. We read the book over and over again. We look really carefully at the pictures, and we try to embellish, but we, we will try to add things to make it interesting, but we don't want to add something that's not already there in the book. So we try to really carefully look for all the little details that we can bring out in our performance. Oh. Is there any pressure? Well, I mean, I'm up at night usually staring at the ceiling, thinking about, no, it's, <laughs> it's not really like that. Um, we just try to do a good job and have fun, and we always encourage each other to have fun too. Okay. So you guys are kind of like a team. Yeah, definitely. Puppetry is definitely a, a team sport, if you will. It's always an ensemble. If you just want to be by yourself, well, you could do that with puppets, but you're not going to have nearly as much fun, in my opinion. How did you become a puppeteer, and who influenced you when you were a kid? Well, I don't know how everybody becomes a puppeteer, but the way it happened to me is I studied theater, and I was acting as a regular human. And then it so happened that I was doing an educational theater show that had puppets in it, and my director said, hey, you're pretty good with those puppets. You should go audition at the Center for Puppetry Arts. And I said, oh, well, I'm not really a puppeteer. And I said, oh, well, they hire lots of normal actors too. You should go try it. And I did. And luckily, there were people here who were willing to teach me how to move the puppets around. I always kind of had a little bit of an interest just because I would see puppets on TV when I was a kid. Like I watched Sesame Street, things like that. The Muppets were super huge when I was a kid. And so I always sort of had an interest, but I never imagined that I would wind up being a puppeteer myself. Oh, so you were the actor first, then you became a puppeteer. That's true. But there are people who do it differently. Some people find they like to build puppets, and then they perform puppet shows. I have one friend who was a director and a writer, and he found he couldn't get anybody to do the shows that he wrote. So he started building puppets so he could perform them himself. 
So you can come at it from a lot of different angles. How do you operate the puppet? The way you operate a puppet really depends on how the puppet is built. Um, sometimes you might have a marionette, which uh, has strings on it that you can pull to move different parts of the puppet. Other puppets you might actually put your hand in, like a hand puppet. The puppets in Pete the Cat are actually mostly rod puppets. They have long sticks attached to their hands and their bodies, so we can move the sticks around to move the puppets. Oh, what would Sesame Street be? Well, again, it depends on the individual puppet you're thinking about. Most of the puppets that you see on Sesame Street, say, a lot of those are hand puppets. But then you have some other ones that are full-body puppets, like Big Bird. So you mean there's a person inside there? Sure. Or in the case of somebody like Mr. Snuffleupagus, there might be more than one person inside. Wow. Yeah. Do you have any favorite funny stories? Um, funny things happen all the time. Um we have little carts that we roll around on backstage, and we were in the middle of a show last year, and all of a sudden a wheel came off of somebody's cart and said they were having to run around on their hands and knees to do the puppets. We've had other times where a puppet will be in the middle of a sentence and it'll fall off of somebody's hand, or the puppet's leg will fall off, or something like that. Those moments are always funny for us because it, it, it those are the moments when we really know if we're on the ball and we're paying attention. That sounds like a lot of work. It can be. The rehearsals can be really long, and you're using your body and your brain all day. One of the hardest things, in my opinion, about being a puppeteer is that you really have to be able to multitask. You have to be able to remember that I'm moving this hand, I'm moving this foot, and I'm singing this song, and I have to press a button over here with my toe. There can be a lot going on, and you've got to keep it all straight in your mind at the same time. Okay. Have you ever performed overseas? Not as a puppeteer. I was an exchange student to Japan, and I sang a few times, whether people wanted me to or not. <laughs> That's great. How was it different than here? Well, often when you're performing in another country, there might be a language barrier. Maybe you don't speak the same language as everybody else in the room. But one of the great things about working with a puppet is that you can tell a whole story and maybe not use your voice. You can act it all out with the puppet's body. I think that's one reason why cultures around the world have uh, some kind of puppetry tradition. Oh, yes. That's on display here at the center. You're absolutely right. We have an amazing museum called Worlds of Puppetry that shows puppets from all over the world and all different styles of puppets, too. They are very unique. It's true. And that's one thing that's cool about puppets is you can make each one exactly what it is. Yeah, some of them are scary. They can be. Um, you know, they use a lot of puppets in things like Jurassic Park. When I mean, you see a dinosaur's foot, a lot of times that's a puppet. Those definitely scared me. Puppetry went through a rough patch, but it's back now. How can kids learn your craft? Well, one of the best ways to learn puppetry is just to try it out. There are all kinds of puppets you can make yourself at home. You can take a sock and put it on your hand and make that into a puppet. You can make finger puppets. You can put up a bright light like a cell phone and do shadow puppets on the wall. Um, you can take a piece of paper and fold it and make a mouth and do a puppet that way. Or with a with a styrofoam cup. Practically anything you pick up in your house can be a puppet. So I'd say the best way to learn about it is to watch and try out acting things out your way and try telling your story. And maybe YouTube? YouTube's a great place to find tons of information and tons of great puppet performances. You can look up stuff that Jim Henson used to do, commercials, things like that. Or you can go and check out the Center for Puppetry Arts. We have our own YouTube stuff and some videos of our own. Do you offer workshops too? Yeah, in fact, when people come to see the shows, we have a little workshop afterwards where you get to create your own puppet, um, and we have little puppet kits that people can go and make their own. 
we also have special workshops here from time to time where people who are members of the center or other members of our community can come in and learn from some master of a type of puppetry. That's really cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's fun. And do you guys offer tours? Yeah, we have several different kinds of tours here at the center. Um, We have ones where people can go through the museum and hear about the exhibits. We have some where people are led through the building and can see our puppet shop where the puppets are designed and built. And sometimes we even have special member tours where people get to go backstage and see what's going on back there. That's excellent. Are you a storyteller? I think that everybody who works in theater is some kind of storyteller. Um, And using a puppet is just, that's another kind of tool to tell a story. Are there different types of puppets? If so, what are some of them and which is your favorite? Hmm. Well, some of the different kinds of puppets that we might use. We might use a hand puppet. You can put your hand inside. We might use a marionette, which is a string puppet. We use a lot of rod puppets here. We use shadow puppets sometimes. I like all of those, but I think um, shadow puppets are always a lot of fun because the audience has to use their imagination, and they're always delighted when they figure out what they're looking at. Really cool. <laughs> How do you respond if you start to lose your audience? You mean like if they start to lose interest? Um That can be tricky, but I think the best thing is just to really truthfully play whatever you're playing. If you are concentrating on the audience too much, then you're probably not really in the story you're telling. So the best thing to do is just, rather than going, I've got to change what I'm doing to be incredibly exciting. Instead, you try to give as much truth as you can to what you're playing on stage. And if it's truthful enough, people will be interested. Okay. Do you ever get stage fright or the butterflies? Well, I've been in theater for a really long time, so I don't usually get stage fright these days. But I'm not going to say it never happens. The times that it happens are when I feel like I'm not prepared before going on stage. And usually here at the Center for Puppetry Arts, we've rehearsed over and over and over so that we can be very prepared for anything that's going to happen. When I go out on stage and I'm not sure or I haven't done my homework or something like that, those are the times I might get nervous. But generally, I love to be on stage. Okay. For all the kids listening around the world, what would you like to say to them about preserving the craft of puppetry? I think that one of the things that makes puppetry amazing is that, I mean, I've been working here as a puppeteer for, I mean, I think I did my first show 20 years ago. So I've seen a lot of puppet shows, and I'm still constantly amazed at how unique and individual and personal puppetry can be. I'm always surprised that somebody has come up with another new thing. There are so many ways to perform with puppets, so many ways a puppet can look and move, and so many different kinds of stories they can tell. So for any kiddos out in the audience who are working on puppetry of your own, think about the story that you have to tell and what makes it important, and don't be afraid to do things in your own way. How can people help support the Center for Puppetry Arts You can find the Center for Puppetry Arts online at puppet.org. And if people want to support us, the best way to do it is to come on in and watch a show. Obviously, we love it when you donate. That's always wonderful. But we have people that volunteer, that donate their time. Mainly, though, come in and have a great time with us. Come and take a workshop, watch a show, enjoy the museum, and be a part of our community. So maybe our school can come down. That would be great. Hey, if you come down, you should let me know you're here. Maybe you can get a peek backstage. Mr. Dolph, thank you so much for being on our show. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate it, Madison, and I look forward to hearing your story. Thank you. We'll return in just a moment, right after we thank our sponsors. Daddy, it's time to get warm outside. Is it spring yet? Almost. Doesn't that mean shopping for new clothes? It does. And wouldn't now be a good time to tell people about my t-shirts? It would. And your new designs are coming within the next week or two. Right. So go ahead. These are your fans. They're sort of like your extended family. People won't know how to support you if you don't tell them. Okay, guys. So here's the deal. I got some cool t-shirts to sell on my online store at shopmadisonlearn.com and other stuff at thriftylildiva.me. And we just finished up our new character designs, which is super cool and super hot for the summer. You don't want to be left out. Trust me. Okay, how's that, Daddy? Good. Now wrap it up. So get your teas, please, today at shopmadisonlearn.com. And use promo code PODCAST to get 10% off of your order right now. Okay, bye-bye. And now back to the show. And now it's time for the joke of the day. <laughs> Are you ready, Daddy? Okay. Hit me. What do you call a bunny with a dictionary in his pants? I don't know. A smarty pants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't the pony sing a lullaby? Um, I don't know. Because he is a little horse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why do dragons sleep during the day? Hmm, you got me. So they can fight nights. Oh my god, that's a good one. <laughs> what do you call a boomerang that won't come back? Hmm, a ring? <laughs> no, a stick, get it? Ah, <laughs> good one. Good one, good one. A pooper ring? Where in the world did you get that? I don't know. You know my brain. I make stuff up. Yes, I know. That is disgusting. Okay, last one, folks. What do you give a sick lemon? Uh, I don't know. Lemonade. <laughs> a catering, get it? <laughs> Got it. Nice, nice. Okay, guys, it's your turn to help us choose a joke of the day. Leave a favorite joke in the comments below or leave a video. And we'll choose a winner and you'll get an autograph postcard from yours too. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. And now, boys and girls, it's time for story time. This week's book is Little Beauty by Anthony Brown. Are you ready? Here we go. Little Beauty. Once upon a time, there was a very special gorilla who had been taught to use a sign language. If there was anything he wanted, he could ask his keepers for it using his hands. It seemed that he had everything he needed. But the gorilla was sad. One day, he signed to his keepers, I want a friend. There was no other gorillas at the zoo. And at first, the keepers didn't know what to do. The one them had an idea. They gave him a little friend named Beauty. Don't eat her, said one of the keepers. The gorilla loved Beauty. 
He gave her milk and honey. They were happy. They did everything together. They were happy for a very long time. Until one night, they watched a movie together. The movie made the gorilla very upset. And then very angry. The keepers rushed in. Who broke the television? Asked one. We have to take Beauty away now, said another. The gorilla looked at Beauty. Beauty looked at the gorilla. Then Beauty started to sign. It was me. I broke the television, said Beauty. Everyone laughed. And do you know what happened? Beauty and the gorilla lived happily ever after. The end. Okay, guys, now it's time for the word of the day. And the word of the day is embellish. You heard Mr. Amick say the word embellish. Let's find out what that means. Embellish. E-M-B-E-L-L-I-S-H. Embellish. It means to make something more decorative or more interesting. To keep simple, some people just add a little fib. <laughs> Okay, there is kids, the word of the day, embellish. Okay guys, thank you for checking out my show. So be sure to check me out each week, where you can find me at All Things Madison on your podcast and YouTube. And subscribe, please, I need fans, guys. And check out my website at thrifty-little-diva.me. And remember, we love you just the way you are. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to All Things Madison. Kindly take a moment to subscribe, leave a comment, and rate the show so that our participating partners know you are following along. You can get your Madison Lauren graphic tees at shopmadisonlauren.com or follow her YouTube channel at All Things Madison. This production was brought to you by Infinity Global Media Group, LLC. Contact us at smith.durante at gmail.com for bookings or more information.